Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. I'm Richard Harris, and I just want to welcome you to the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hey, listen, before we get going, I just wanted to uh, mention that uh, I've received a report that our website is having some technical uh, glitches today. And so I want to encourage you that if you are watching on the Truth and Liberty website, that you might want to consider if you're having problems to jumping over to a few other, one of three other places where you can watch our program. GospelTruth.tv, so that's a, a website, GospelTruth.tv, or our Facebook page, Truth and Liberty's Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search for Truth and Liberty, and uh, you'll find us there. And then also Rumble. Rumble is the conservative alternative to YouTube, which we're on Rumble. So uh, if you're having trouble with the site, you can go to any of those places. Listen, there's some great stuff coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College. Uh, as always, I tell you, there is always something exciting happening here. Uh, but uh, one of the most exciting things in a while to come along is that Flashpoint Live is going to be at Karis Bible College. So uh, many of you know about Flashpoint and Victory News. News. Uh, they're associated with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and what a great job they're doing. That thing, their program has just absolutely exploded. It's the number one program on Daystar Television, and they're going to bring their live program here to Karis Bible College on February 8th and 9th. So if you uh, live anywhere close uh, to Colorado Springs or Woodland Park, Colorado, we want to invite you to come on out and enjoy uh, an, uh, uh, 48 hours, if you will, of amazing information and inspiration with Flashpoint Live here on campus. You can find out more and register at awmi.net slash events. Uh, and you can also, if you don't live in this area, you can also watch the whole thing live on our website at truthandliberty.net. It will be live stream. But of course, your best experience will be here in person. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Gene Bailey, along with Andrew Womack, Lance Walnow, Kylie Jean Tannehill, Mike Lynn Delph, uh, Hank Kuhneman, Luke Ball, and Rick Green, my good friend Rick, are all going to be ministering during Flashpoint Live, so you won't want to miss it. Also, Andrew is going to be at Riverside Convention Center in Riverside, California on February 15th through the 17th for the Riverside Gospel Truth Conference. Um, so if you live in that area in California, be sure to make it out for the Riverside GTC. It's going to be an awesome time as Andrew will be ministering along with our good friend, Co host on Truth and Liberty, uh, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, the pastor of Victory uh, Life Church uh, based in Durant and Sherman, Texas, Durant, Oklahoma, Sherman, Texas area. He's got a multi-campus uh, church. He is an amazing pastor with a grasp of God's word, love and grace uh, that is just uh, amazing to sit under. So uh, be sure to make it out to the Riverside GTC. Hey guys, are you familiar with the Truth and Liberty website? If you're not, I encourage you to check that out, truthandliberty.net, where you can literally find 
hundreds of resources that will help you get equipped to stand for truth in the public square. We're living in a day and an age when Christians desperately need to know the truth and be strong in their faith so that they can be a light in the darkness. Why don't you go to our resources center on truthandliberty.net and check it out today. All right, folks. Well, I am so happy to and, and honored to have uh, my new friend, John Sorensen, as a guest on today's show. So, John, I met at the um, Family Research Council Pray Vote Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. last September. Uh, John is with one of my favorite organizations of all time, and that's called Evangelism Explosion. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. By the time he was 30 years old, John had accumulated a shelf full of regional and national awards for his TV and radio ads, as well as sound design for films. But despite his accolades, he still felt lost and far from God. The amazing thing is that um, he was baptized as a child at the age of seven in a river on Easter Sunday, and even went to a Christian college at the ripe old age of 16. But uh, it wasn't until later in his adult life when he was attending Christ Community Church, and he encountered Dr. Tom Stebbins, who walked him through the Evangelism Explosion program, and John accepted Christ as his Savior, and his wife accepted Christ too. They both got saved, turned on to God, and began winning souls to the Lord. Uh, he never left the EE program, eventually worked up through the ranks, and became uh, in charge of the entire program under the direct tutelage of D. James Kennedy, the founder of Evangelism Explosion. And uh, he's a great leader in the body of Christ, and I'm just so honored and thankful to have you, John, on Truth and Liberty today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, Richard, it is my privilege. And boy, you read off all that laundry list, and that's a pretty impressive guy. I don't know who it is. All I know, <laughs> all I know is I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God, and uh, I get to, the privilege of leading others to know Him as well. Amen. Well, you're, you're, you're humble, John, and I love that. You, there's more honors and stuff that we could mention, but, you know, um, devoting your life to winning people to Jesus Christ, there's got to be something really gratifying about that. Well, it's one of the greatest joys we get to have this side of heaven. You know, one of these days we're going to be in heaven with Jesus, see him face to face for the rest of eternity. Uh, in today's time, you know, we get to work for him. So we've come to him and now we get to go for him and to be his ambassadors here on earth. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's great enough, isn't it, that uh, the Son of God would love us, forgive us, accept us, uh, into his kingdom purely by grace without regard to our works or our merit. But he doesn't just stop there. He actually turns around and he says, hey, why don't you come work in my field with me? <laughs> and that to me is one of the greatest gifts uh, as well that God could ever give. And John, yeah, you, and then he, on top of that, Richard gives us reward. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that he rewards us for doing this very thing that it's really his, but we get yeah. to do it and then he get, we get a reward. I think that's amazing. And yeah. what a great God we serve. Amen. I, I'm going to pile up rewards for you for doing something <laughs> that I'm going to empower you to do in the first place. Amen. It's pretty awesome. Pretty amazing. Well, you know, you've been um, president of Evangelism Explosion International since 2008. And, the, and according to my notes, the last, the previous president before you was Dr. D. James Kennedy. You, you had the chance to work with him. I think you told me for 11 years. Can you tell mm. our viewers about what that experience was like? 
Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. You know, I've, I've had the privilege of being around some really great and godly leaders in the Church of Jesus Christ. Well, Dr. D. James Kennedy was absolutely one of those. And I'd go so far as to say the most amazing Christian leader that I've had the privilege of working with. And to, you know, we moved down and came on staff with Evangelism Explosion in 1997. Uh, and, you know, to start, I honestly, I don't know that I could have spelled Presbyterian uh, when we moved down. You know, I just said I'm a Christian whatever. But you know what? I learned to love that man. And I, I, I honestly have said this many times. It's the truth. If, if God would raise him from the dead and I could work from him for him again, uh, I'd give my right arm to do that because it was so much fun working for him. He was the real deal. That man witnessed to everything that wiggled around him. If, wow. if you were anywhere near him, he would witness to you. And one time I asked, uh, you know, he used to teach all these schools of evangelism for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And these were all day long schools that were led by uh, BGEA. And yet they'd give him four hours out of eight, four hours out of eight. He got to. So I asked John Course one time, why do you do why did you do that? And he goes, John, I'll tell you a story. He said one time, it was actually the very first time that I had been at one of these schools when Dr. Kennedy was teaching. And turns out that we were on the same airplane flight going back from the training back to Fort Lauderdale. He said he didn't know me. I watched him go up to the counter and argue for a middle seat. Can you imagine? He argued for a middle seat. And he said, I went up and did the same. And I sat right behind him and I watched what happened. And he started a conversation with the man on the left and that man didn't want to talk. And so then he started a conversation with the lady on the right and she didn't want to talk. And so then he waited about five minutes and then he did it again. Neither one waited five minutes, did it again. This time the woman put down her magazine and started a conversation. And before that plane landed, he led that lady to Jesus Christ. Wow. And, and John said, you know what? I, I thought, well, maybe he was working on a sermon illustration or something. So I listened to Sunday's sermon to see if he'd bring it up. Never mentioned it. That man loved to lead people to Jesus. He was so burdened by it. One of the last mm -hmm. times I had a chance to visit him in the hospital, he was very sick in that last year. And I walked in the, the room at the hospital and he looks at me and he winks and he does this towards this nurse that's standing there. And, you know, I have to say, I'm not the sharpest tool in the tool shed. It took me a second. I had to, you know, what, what, what do you, he winked at me again. And he did this toward the nurse that was standing right there. And she got it. She goes, what, is he going to tell me about Jesus now too? Oh. And I remember Dr. Kennedy saying, oh, would you please just let him share with you so that you could understand how great Jesus is. Wow. And that was his passion. He loved seeing. So I got to work for that man for 11 years before God called him home. And, uh, you know, there've been two presidents for EE, this really impressive guy named D. James Kennedy and this other guy. This <laughs> <laughs> and that's the comedy of God. But you know what? My life has been so dramatically changed by this ministry that what a privilege it is that I have to serve, and my wife as well, that we can serve in this work. Amen. Well, you, you know, I, I mentioned this in your introduction, but you were raised, uh, I take it it was a Christian home. You were baptized mm -hmm. as a child and went to a mm -hmm. Christian college but you yourself didn't actually have a saving relationship with Jesus until adulthood. Can you tell us what happened in that experience, how you found the church and, and the pastor who led you through the program and what that whole thing was like? 
Yeah, and, and, I and will. John, before you start, let me just mention, remind our viewers about, if you've got questions for John, questions about EE or about any subject really today, uh, we would love to hear from you. The number that you can call in is on the upper right-hand part of your TV screen there, 719-619-2341. We'd love to hear from you, so give us a call. All right, John, so tell us about that experience when you found Christ and how all of that happened through the EE program. Yeah, and what I didn't say, Richard, was my dad was a preacher. And so I was in church every time the doors were open. I was in church nine months before I was born every single Sunday of my life. And, you know, the truth is I could tell you, I could have told you then much of what I already know about Jesus. I went to Bible college and, you know, I didn't sleep through all the classes. I was awake through some of them. And, you know, I took classes like the life of Christ and all of these. And But here's the thing, while I knew about Jesus, I wasn't, I never put my trust in him. And so what, what I came to the conclusion of, I, I ran away from that whole lifestyle. I was a prodigal son from the, about 18 years old, I ran off and I disappeared. I was in rock and roll. I was a disc jockey on rock and roll radio station. Now, this is back before it was classic rock. It's classic rock today. <laughs> that way, it was actually just rock then. And, um, and you know, here's the thing. I, I was so irreverent, it was, it's not even funny. And I, I can still go back and think about those times in my life, and I'm so ashamed of how I lived and what I did. And, and yet, there was this moment that came that there were some really challenging times in my life. I was working a morning show up in Omaha, Nebraska, with three guys, one was a Hindu, one was a Buddhist, and then there's me, and we all basically had the same theology. If you do enough good, you know, it's gonna be okay, you'll be okay. And, and yet, I saw a friend of mine change and I had no explanation for it. I mean, a radical change in his life. And he began to tell me about what was going on and it was happening at this church. You mentioned Christ Community, but that wasn't the name of it then. Mm. It was called the Omaha Gospel Tabernacle. Now I gotta mm. tell you, Richard, it would have taken 20 water buffaloes to get me into a place called the Omaha Gospel Tabernacle. And, and yet I was so curious at what had happened in this, in my friends' life that I couldn't help but go in. So I was going in, I was sneaking in, I was sitting on the back row and hiding and hoping no one you know, that's the wonderful thing about radio is they don't know what you look like. And so, yeah. you know, I was hoping no one would recognize me and, and all, but I was so thirsty to hear what, what had changed uh, Michael's life so, so dramatically. Well, it came one Sunday that I really felt that God was speaking to me, and I had never experienced that before. I didn't know what that meant. And so I thought, well, there, you know, a pastor's got to be able to tell you what that's all about, right? And so Monday morning, I went in to see if I could find a pastor that would tell me what God was trying to say to me. I knew, I felt with all my heart that he was trying to speak to me, but I didn't, I didn't know how to listen. Mm. And so I went in and this man asked me two of the greatest questions that I've ever been asked or ever answered. He said, John, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And I said, of course, I don't know that. I don't know anybody that knows that. And by the way, you mentioned, you know, I've been in the church my whole life. Billy Graham went so far as to say that 80% of the folks that are sitting in, in, in church pews in America today have no idea how to get to heaven. And I was one of those people. And, and so he asked me, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? I said, no, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know anybody that does know that. And, and then he said, I got one more question. 
Suppose you were to stand before God and he said to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And I thought about it and I said, you know, what came blurting out of my mouth, I'll never forget it, was, well, I'm a good person and I try to do good things and I hope the good things that I do outweigh the bad things I do. That's why God would let me in. And he said, well, that's the wrong answer, but here's the thing, I've got some really great news to share with mm -hmm. you. Wow. And he shared with me, you know, who Jesus is, what he did, why he did it, who God is, told me about my sin, which I already knew. But then he came to this point at the end where he said, now there's a difference between those that have it and those that don't. It's a gift that's being offered to you. Some have it, some don't. Here's the difference. You know, you've got to put your trust, your faith in Jesus and him alone. It can't be Jesus plus me, glory be to us. It's Jesus alone. Mm -hmm. That's it. And he shared with me this really simple illustration. He pointed to this chair. He said, do you think that chair exists? And I go, well, yeah. He goes, do you think it'd hold you if you, you were sitting in it? And I go, yeah. He said, why is it not holding you right now? And I go, well, it's because I'm not sitting on, in it. He goes, there you go. You've got the exact thing. You know, a little bit ago, you said, I'm a pretty good person. I try not to do too much wrong. I hope the good things I do outweigh the bad thing. You kept talking about a person. Who are you talking about? I, 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 I. He said, you have a savior. His name is John. Now for you to oh. be saved, you've got to instead put your trust in Jesus and in him alone. And I tell you what, Richard, it made so much sense to me that day. I took that decision mm -hmm. to put my trust in Christ and my life was radically changed. I wasn't even the same guy the next day. I got up and I felt and it was like, I don't even feel the same. And I thought, well, Maybe it'll wear off, you know. I mean, I went to Christian camp as a kid. I, I sung kumbaya, you know. Maybe it'll just wear off at some point. It never wore off. Mm -hmm. Finally, I screwed up my courage. The very first person I had the privilege of, of leading to Jesus is, was my fiance, now my wife. I honestly thought she was going to dump me because we'd never even had a spiritual conversation. And now I'm going to show up. I mean, I, I, we didn't live in the same city. So I was going to show up on Friday of that week. I came to Christ on Monday. I was going to show up on Friday and tell her I'm one of those born again Christians. And, and I did not imagine that conversation going well. And yet I shared with her what happened. Tom had given me a tract. And I, and by the way, anybody who tells me tracks don't work, I'm sorry. That only tells you that they don't, they've never tried it because mm. tracks work. And I, I sat down and I, I didn't know the gospel. I walked her through that using a tract. And, you know, we got to the end and she started to weep. And I thought, well, this is it. I'm done. You know, that's the end of this. <laughs> and, and she goes, no, 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 no I want to do that. She said, I, my mom was a Christian, uh, but I, she didn't know how to tell anybody how she, what she believed. And mm. all of the kids, all they learned was mom's a Christian, we're not and we can never be like mom. That's all they learned. Oh. And she said, now you're telling me I can be like my mom and I can go to heaven. And I said, well, I believe that with all my heart. And she also put her faith in Christ. And so we've been Christians just a little while longer than we've been married. And we've been married 36 years. So I've been a Christian about 37 years. I'm 62. So a little bit more of my life I've been a Christian than before. And I tell you what, I wouldn't go back for anything. Yeah. You know, I, I look forward to that day when I can be with Jesus uh, every day, always see him face to face. But while I'm here, this is the life that I want to live is to, is to be a witness for him, to share this wonderful truth with others so that they can also come to this right relationship with Jesus. It literally changes, as you know, no, Richard, it changes everything. 
And yeah. so praise God for Tom Stebbins, who's this man who, who, who shared this with me. And, and you know, I, there's lots of people who would say, praise God for the ministry of EE, but I'm one of them. And maybe first, because of how dramatically my life has been changed. That is a powerful, powerful story. And I thank you so much for sharing that, John. Um, it's reminding me of, of how I got saved too. And I uh, just real quickly, I just wanna reinforce the idea that the gospel is simple and easy. And, and uh, I, was, um, I was a teenager and um, didn't know the Lord. I, I was Catholic, but I had no idea of getting saved or what that meant or, or anything like that. And I went to this um, thing called Lunch Bunch at a local Baptist church. Uh, they would send a shuttle bus over to our high school and you'd pay $1.50 for a spaghetti lunch or something like yeah. that, you know, and a bunch of us like to do that. And I went and um, this guy stands up and he says, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm the youth pastor here. And I just want to uh, pray over the meal. But before I do, I want to ask you a question. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? And Ooh. if you don't know, you can be sure by asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. And I, in my Catholic uh, indoctrination, I thought at the time, oh, he doesn't know anything. He's a dumb Baptist. <laughs> and so, but several months later, several months later, I was lying in bed one night and I was a lonely kid, you know, I really was. And I was hurting really bad. And suddenly his words came to my mind mm, and it was like, a, it was like a life preserver, you know, being thrown to a drowning man. Wow. And I, I just wow. grabbed it, prayed those words out loud. And the next morning when I woke up, I had the same experience as what you're talking about. I remembered the prayer and then realized that something was different, that different. I felt different. It was peace is what it was. I felt peace yeah. for the first time in my life. And uh, never again have I ever felt that kind of loneliness that I used to know as a child. So I just Praise give God. glory to God. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Well, John, and you know, that's what's so wonderful is that God will use anybody that's willing to be used by him. And, and, and you know what, I'll bet you that pastor had no idea of the impact that your life would have. He didn't never, know that. No, I never saw him again, you know? <laughs> and and uh, that's the thing. Um, sometimes I think, I'm, I'm skipping way ahead in my notes now, John, but sometimes I think Christians don't share the gospel with people because they feel pressure that they've got to lead them all the way to the cross, you know, to a prayer Amen. of salvation. like. D. James Kennedy did with that lady. You know, sometimes you do, and sometimes it doesn't sometimes. go all the way. And you but, know, I've started learning to ask a question, Richard, for every person, and I can tell you, we could actually spend the 90 minutes with me telling you just story after story of people that God's allowed me to, to lead to Him in just the, you know, the last six months or whatnot, not years and years ago, but just actively. But I've started asking the question, this isn't really a surprise to you, is it? And the answer overwhelmingly is no. And, and I've said, so something's been going on. You know that was leading up to this moment. And wow. they all say yes. They recognize that this is a process that God is doing in their life. This is God's business. You know, we're, we're walking on holy ground because this is God's business. Mm -hmm. He just is so kind to us to allow us to be part of it and mm -hmm. to see this kind of fruit and to experience His Spirit move through us. You know, and I, I love witnessing as much for Christians as I do for non-Christians. It's wonderful to see people get saved, but it's even more wonderful for Christians to experience the Spirit of God move through them, to open their eyes and so they can see the lost and they can, they can experience God using them. 
And to me, that's the exciting part. And you're right. You know, we don't convict people of sin. The Spirit does that. We, we don't convince people that this is the truth. God's Spirit does that. All mm -hmm. we're doing is we're a witness that's just sharing what it is that we've seen, what we've experienced, you know, yeah. what we know, what we've learned. And so, you know, what a privilege. But, but we cannot take it on ourselves that we begin to imagine. You know, I, I, I'll tell you one story uh, real quick. Uh, we sure. were doing an event down in Orlando, and I had on my team this pastor who was well-known in Orlando, and then I had a, a young lady that was on staff with uh, uh, the Navigators, and I had another man that was on staff with the uh, Campus Crusade. And the mother of the young girl that was with the Navigators uh, says to me, uh, she goes, you guys are going to have a great day. You're going to lead all kinds of people to Jesus because look at you. You got a, the head of a EE, you got the, uh, a Navigator, you got a Crusader, you've got a pastor. I have to tell you, Richard, the first things out of my mouth were, get thee behind me, mm. Satan. Mm. I said, if I ever allowed myself to imagine that there's any reason why, that it's because of me that somebody is coming to know Jesus, then God will never, he will not share his glory with anyone, Richard. You know mm -hmm. this, yes, you know, and that. that's the truth. And so I said, if God uh, leads anyone to himself through us today, it'll be in spite of us, not because of us. It's just because we're his servants and he's, he's, he's chosen to use us. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know, uh, I would never want to have that kind of pressure on my shoulders, Richard, mm. to where I imagine that it was because, because, I mean, how guilty I would feel for all the people I haven't led to Jesus that I've met in my lifetime, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good well, word. You, you know, the Apostle Paul said that uh, some water, and, some sow, some water, but it's God who gives the increase. And uh, I just think it's it, it's encouraging to know that we all, at, at whatever moment it is when our paths cross with someone, it, all we have to do is be faithful That's and uh, God will take care of the rest. So praise the Lord. But I think, you know, we've got about three minutes left in, in this segment, John, and I, I um, I'd, I'd like to ask you if you can just share a word of encouragement with people that are watching about um, how easy it is to actually become a soul winner and to make that a part of your life. Um, that it's not just for super dupers like Billy Graham <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and others, but that we're all called and equipped by God's Spirit to do this. Amen. And, you know, it, to be honest with you, the ones who are the least likely are the ones that God uses the greatest. And because it's in our weakness that God uses us. Now, I think we ought to do everything we can, as Paul did, to equip ourselves. He said, I've gone into strict training. You know, as Christians, we ought to learn everything we can learn and be as effective as we can be. But at the same time, the, 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 the fruit will only come as God makes that uh, happen. And well, I'll tell you this, uh, you know, I was one of those people and you're not going to believe this or your, your viewers won't, but I was one of those people that would have said, I could never do this. Um, in fact, you know, the very first time somebody mentioned the idea of leading people to Jesus, I had tried after I came to Christ and I, I was horrible. I mean, I could take an absolutely normal person and make them hopping mad in about 30 <laughs> seconds. I, I don't know how I did it. I was gifted at it, to be honest. And, and, you know, I remember that day when I was invited into my first semester of evangelism explosion. And I frankly went in 
kicking and screaming. And, and I said, this isn't for me. You know, I'm a horrible introvert. I am so um, socially inept. I don't know how to have normal conversation with strangers. So I've had to learn all of that. I chose instead of acting the way that I am or the way that I feel, I should say, I've, I've chosen instead to believe what God, God's word says about me and the calling that God has placed upon my life as a believer and to believe that, not how I feel. And so over these years, you know, God's chosen to, to use me, but it's because I've aligned myself with him, not trying to make his word align with me as many, as many do. I remember that very first night of going out I, with on-the-job training. I said to Tom, who was not only the guy who led me to Christ, but he was also my trainer in EE, and we're, we're getting ready to leave, and he goes, I said to him, Tom, pull over, drop me off here, and I'll stand by the side of the road. You'll go on to your visit, and when, and because if I'm with you, this is not gonna work out well. And I said, I'll still be here. When you come back, pick me up, and I'll go back to the church. He laughed like you just did, Richard. And he said, well, let's just go see what God does. And yeah. that night, that very, that's the very first time I ever went on on-the-job training, OJT we call it, and I saw a man, Doug Brown, give his heart to Jesus Christ. And, you know, I, I, when I got home that night, my wife said, did you like it? And I said, Evans, no. I said, but here's the thing. I loved it. And if God will let me, I'll do this the rest of my life. And I've fallen in love with that. And I think your viewers will, too. As they just get out and do what God's called them to do, they're going to learn to love it. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we are up on our first break in the program. I hate to go away, uh, but we will be back in 90 seconds after we share some important information uh, with you guys. Let me remind our viewers to call in with questions and comments. Maybe you've encountered evangelism explosion. Maybe you got saved because of it, or maybe you've gone through the training, or maybe you want to know more about it. Just call in to our number now, 719-619-2341, and we'll be back here on Truth and Liberty in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. 
Okay, well, welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I'm uh, Richard Harris, and my special guest today is John Sorensen, the president of Evangelism Explosion. And man, I tell you, I was just getting lost in our conversation. It was so rich, just remembering the moment that I got born again, and John was sharing about his experience and how um, how this is a calling that rests on everybody uh, who knows Christ. You know, the Bible talks about us all having our own giftings and you know there are some apostles some prophets pastors evangelists and teachers but um, even though a person may not hold the office of evangelist don't you agree john that everyone has the calling to evangelize the calling to yes. witness and to share christ with the people they meet in the very same way that not everyone is gifted at giving i, I mean it's the truth it's uh, mm -hmm. i've met people who laugh as they give. They give so hilariously, right? And and then I, I meet some that are, it's a little tougher for them to get. The, <laughs> yeah. the truth is all Christians are called to give. That's whether you feel called to that or whether you don't, uh, it doesn't matter. We, and you know, the good news is the ones that are can help train those that aren't kind of deal. And the same is true of evangelism. And in that particular passage that you mentioned, it even says for the equipping of the saints for the work of evangelism. And if you came to uh, our church, you know, we, we, we moved the ministry of evangelism explosion after Dr. Kennedy went home to be with the Lord. We moved from Fort Lauderdale up to Asheville, North Carolina. And we looked at a lot of places. In fact, we looked at Colorado Springs. That was on the list and um, had the prices have gone up there just a little bit at, at that time, more, more so than what we could do. We ended up here in Asheville. And so I ended up finding a church that where the pastor was super excited about going out and witnessing and, and doing EE. And, you know, we set out the church at the time five years ago was uh, 1400. And to, today, the church is right at 3,000. So five years, it's gone from 1,400 to 3,000. And we're talking, uh, Richard, all new believers. So these are, wow. we're baptizing 50 people every month into the, into the, the, the kingdom. And, and you know what? We're having such a blast doing it. But it's because we started training people one-on-one. -on -one. We're at 700. 700 people in our congregation have been trained in how to have gospel conversations with their friends, with their relatives, with their work associates, with their neighbors. I had a trainee a few years ago uh, and uh, she took this to heart, went to her office and started witnessing to everyone. She calls me up one day. She says, well, you didn't teach me how to have conversations with Jewish people. And yet I've got this Jewish gal that I work with and she's really open. Will you come over and let's have a, a talk? Richard, I was there for five hours at that home. And that, that's the very first Jewish couple that I've had the privilege of leading into a relationship with Jesus Christ, their savior. Wow. And, uh, but that happened through this gal who was one of my trainees in the past taking this seriously and starting to look for opportunities to witness in her workplace. She's a nurse and in her workplace, just sharing the gospel. And this is what we're seeing. This is why we're baptizing 50 people a month is because these 700 that we've trained are on their mission now. And I asked my pastor the other day, his name's Jim Dykes. I said, Jim, what's the biggest difference that's happened in this church? since we started doing EE. And he goes, John, 
we used to fight all the time. We don't fight anymore. He said, I can't even think of the last fight we've had uh, at this church. And the reason, Richard, is, is because we're on mission. We mm -hmm. are undeniably trying to witness to every single man, woman, and child in this county. And then once we finish with the county, we'll worry about the state of North Carolina. And once the state of North Carolina is reached, we'll start worrying about the United States. Well, we'll go everywhere. And, and, but it's through just training people, equipping people uh, to be witnesses. Wow, that is awesome. So um, I shared with you uh, before we came on the program, I'm gonna say it now to all our viewers, Truth and Liberty, uh, we've already added to our website a pastor resource page, but we're gonna be transforming that in the near future into a pastor's toolkit uh, where I want to condense into a single location essential resources that a pastor needs to turn his church into a transformative influence in the community. And, uh, and it's everything, uh, you know, at your fingertips there. And, and the first category is going to be evangelism. And the first box or link is going to be evangelism explosion. John, I'd, uh, you, you already shared with this, but what uh, you've been at that church, um, you're saying that this focus on evangelism uh, basically has has set your church on fire, it sounds like. Mm. Uh, you, you told me before the program that you're all about unity. Can you comment any more on this? What will this do for the life, the spiritual life of a local body of believers? Amen. Well, you know, it's wonderful to have new believers in the church. It's caused us to have a new believers class, which we never had before uh, on Sunday morning. It's a wonderful thing. But Richard, I'd go so far as to say the best thing that happens happens to the Christians, not mm. necessarily to the ones that were leading to Christ. And because for the first time in their life, they begin to get on mission with God. They, 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 have, they start to have these spiritual antenna. Um, you know, this is going to sound crazy perhaps to some that are viewing, but God literally reveals to me who I'm supposed to witness to. I can take my team out, we can go to this massive mall, and there's thousands of people, and yet one person will have a bit of an aura around them, and I know that that's just who I'm supposed to go. And again, I could just tell you story after story. Well, I've, I've seen, you know, and I'll say that too. Now, we're, we're a Baptist church, just I want, I want to be clear. I don't want you to, you know, you might think, well, okay. No, I mean, we're just, these are folks, the point of my saying that, who wouldn't normally necessarily say stuff like that. Right. And yet I'll share that with, with these folks and then I'll, they'll say, how'd you get it? And I'll say, well, you got to start to fast and to pray and to ask God to show you that. And then one day they'll come up to me and say, John, it happened to me last night. You know, I was at a laundromat. I walked in and I knew just who I was supposed to witness to. So my point being, what, it, what happens to a believer when they start getting on mission with God and God starts to move through them and they can see the spirit move through them, you know, it changes their lives again, just as, just as much, probably as not as much as from unsaved to saved, but from, from unused to used by God is, is another equal step. Um, and, and so that's so exciting to see that come into a, a body of believers. And it's not just them, it's the community. And, you know, the gospel is something that unifies. So when we see, you know, the pastors that come from many different uh, varieties of church and whatnot in the Asheville area to be trained at Brookstone Church, um, you know, we see unity come into the body as we, as we build into. And it's a lot of fun, to be honest with you, uh, to see a 
Presbyterian and a Baptist and a Pentecostal all going together on the same team out to talk about Jesus. And, you know, I had this happen one time where a woman said, if you all could ever agree on anything, well, then I'd join the church. And mm. I was able to say, well, that's a Presbyterian and that's a Baptist. And, and you know what? We agree on something, that salvation is by grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. And so you said you'd believe, so here's your chance. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, so um, most believers, the statistics uh, show most Christians never share their faith yeah. with anyone. And I, I don't know how high that number is, but I know it's way up there um, and, and probably getting higher, probably in the 80%, 90% range. Can you comment, John, on why is that? Why are we so afraid or hesitant to step out and tell people about Jesus Christ? Yeah, it is really something. And the, the numbers, I've seen a number of studies and they range from 80 to as high as 96% uh, of, of believers. And, and what's odd in this younger generation today is there's even something coming into the church where some of them believe you shouldn't, that it's wrong somehow to, to have a gospel conversation to lead someone else to Jesus. So here we have God's word. It very clearly says that every Christian's to be a witness. And so what happens with that? And, you know, and I think you nailed it. it. It really is fear. And there's fear of all kinds of things. Fear that we're going to say the wrong thing. Fear that they're going to ask us a question we don't know the answer to. Fear that we're going to make it worse, you know. Uh, and I have to say, it's largely taught in the Church of Jesus Christ today that the pastor's the witness. And at mm. best, all we're supposed to do is to bring somebody to church and let them sit in a pew, and then they can hear the pastor, and the pastor will do his job. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, in many ways, the church is like an army, right? And so put that same scenario onto the church and imagine an army where only the general ever went out and fought and everyone else just stayed in their seat. You know, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's mm -hmm. crazy. And even you mentioned Ephesians 4, there's a purpose of a pastor. There's a purpose of a, uh, of, of a teacher. There's a purpose of, a, of an apostle. There's a purpose of an evangelist. And that is the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The truth is we're all ministers. And later on, just a chapter later, we see that we're all ambassadors for God, as if we're appealing to the world, uh, be reconciled to God. We have the right to say that. I'll tell you one quick story. I, I was sharing one time at a pretty large conference, and I looked down the aisle when I was done. I basically said the same thing. All Christians are supposed to be a witness. And at the end, I saw this very elderly man come forward. He was leaning heavy on a cane. He gets up to the front, he puts his finger up in my face and he says, young man, he said, I've always wanted to lead somebody to Jesus. I've never been able to do that. Uh, he's 89 years old at this point. He says, you're telling me if I get into this EE -E thing that I'm gonna be able to lead somebody <laughs> to Jesus before I die. And I said, well, I don't know, but you know, I do believe that's what God would, would have you believe and to do. Get involved and let's see what he does. Uh, I got him into EE and it was not an easy thing. I, I, if, I, I think I, the church I found was over 20 miles away. And so here's this 89 year old guy driving in a Plymouth Fury 20 miles plus to take EE in the evening at a church, you know, down the road. 
Finally, I saw him uh, a year later, Robert Strickler from Freehold, New Jersey. Now he's in heaven today. But um, I, I saw Robert at the same conference a year later, and I went running up to him. I said, Robert, Robert, did you lead a person to Jesus? And he goes, no. He said, I've led five people to Jesus. Oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. Said, he said, two were during the training that you all did. He said, but three were my best friends. I've always wanted to talk to him about Jesus, but I didn't know how to start. I didn't know what to say. And she said, so through being trained, being equipped. So I would say the answer to your question first and primarily is that people just haven't submitted themselves to being equipped. There really are people that'll show you how to do it. And they'll say, like Jesus said, come on with me, follow me, and I'll make you to become a fisher of men. Wow, and so share with folks more, if you would, about the EE program and what it's like and how you do it. Um, and, and before you start again, I just want to encourage folks to call in. Our number is 719-619-2341. This is uh, my, my friend John Sorensen with Evangelism Explosion here. Tell us more about the program, John. What can people expect? How does it work? Well, we, at this point in time, have a myriad of offerings that we offer for different age groups and for different lengths of time, depending upon how a pastor wants to use it in their church. But in the typical model, the model that I was learning, we call it Classic EE today, um, it's a mentoring program. It's a, you know, a lot of, this is what a lot of people don't realize. EE is not an evangelism program at all. It's a discipleship program where we disciple believers to witness. And, and so, mm -hmm. and, and we do it little by little. So you come in, you study a little bit, you learn some scripture that uh, helps us, uh, you learn some points and out, a basic outline that will keep you on track so you know what to say, and, and then we go out and we do it. So we don't just talk about it, and little by little a person learns. And so, you know, I'll have a trainee and we'll go out and this week, I'll say, you know what, just say a few words about God. We're going to get into this section. I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to say, now, what does the Bible say about God? Uh, Richard, why don't you share that? And so we're out and then I do that and you start to talk. Well, you know, the Bible says that God loves us. He's love, but the same Bible tells us that he's just. And so you learn some things, you begin to say it, but the cool thing is, if ever you get, you know, we all have these brain moments, right? Where we can't even remember our names sometimes. The coolest thing is, is you can look to your trainer and smile and the trainer <laughs> picks it up and the person you're talking to doesn't even know that happened. And, mm. and you just, and little by little, what we see is that people get more and more comfortable uh, having these conversations. The other thing is that we find that more, more people than not are open to having the conversation. Richard, the number today right now in a study we just did uh, with Lifeway, it, the number 60% of Americans, even strangers, are open to having a spiritual conversation with somebody, even a stranger, mm -hmm. 60%. So yeah. the, the, the bulk of the people that you meet as you wander through life today, that you are actually open to having a spiritual conversation. Now, not being yelled at, not being, you know, turn or burn, repent or perish, however true that might be, you know, but having a genuine, winsome conversation about Jesus and, the, and what he's done for us. If we would just learn to tell our, our, our story, by the way, we have a website, whatsmystory.com, or whatsmystory.org, sorry. It's free of charge. We don't appeal to people who use it. It's an absolute resource just for you. You can use it. It'll help you develop your story. You know, the Bible says we'll overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. 
Our testimonies are really critical. And so if we can learn to share what the difference that God has made in our lives, there are lots of people who will listen to that story. And so we'll help you do that. That's one of the examples of how we assist and train and equip people to, to winsomely share Jesus. And, but it's this mentoring program where we one-on-one -on -one take people by the hand and show them how to do it. And little by little, they learn to do it. And, and after a semester, they're going, I don't need your help, I can do this. And they go do it the rest of their life. Wow, and so how long is a typical EE training program? Well, so we have Share Your Faith workshops that are one day. We have um, what we call everyday evangelism, which is just to learn to witness, that's seven weeks long. We, if you wanna to learn to train others to do it, we have evangelism explosion. That's that multiplication idea. There's a population explosion. We need an evangelism explosion. That's 13 weeks long. So we'll do that in a semester within a church. Um, and you'll learn, you know, how to. So it's one day. It's seven weeks. It's we, we have an online program that people can take from the comfort of their home. If you want to do that at sharelife.university, we are only and always about just equipping Christians to be able to share Jesus in a comfortable, winsome way. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier something that's intriguing. You said you have 2,000 training academies. Uh, was that each year, I think you said? Each and so, year, yeah, we'll do 2,400 this yeah, that's a week-long event that we typically do for pastors and, and lay leaders, the evangelists you're talking about. Yeah. We'll do these week-long events because they, they pretty much know it. We give them the pattern of how to do this in the local church. And so we'll have the better part of 100,000 pastors that go through these 2,000 workshops, 2,400 workshops that we do worldwide. Richard, we do these all over the world and in over 120 languages every year. And these wow. are week-long events. There's only 52 weeks in a year, and so we do 2,400 of these events a year, and so there's a bunch of them every week, and we do them all over the world. We do them in mainland China, for crying out loud. We do them everywhere, and you know, the truth is the gospel works. It's the same everywhere. People are people. Nothing has changed. People are lost. They need to hear the truth of Jesus, and they give their lives to Christ. And at a number that we haven't seen actually in the 62 years of EE's history, we see more people coming to Christ today than we've ever seen percentage-wise to the numbers of, of, of opportunities we, we have to share. By God's grace, we're going to see over 20 million people come to Christ this year that we're going through right now worldwide wow. through those, those churches that come on through those 2,400 uh, uh, clinics that we do. And so we've never seen that kind of fruit. Richard, mm -hmm. we had our very best year of ministry this last year. And I promise you, it's not because of me. It is because of what God is doing worldwide today, mm -hmm. right now. There is an openness to the gospel. And I'm so sorry that many don't know that that's going on. Don't miss your opportunity. I promise you this, everyone listening, we're gonna have a long time to hang around and sit around tables with the Apostle Paul and with others, and we're gonna talk about what Jesus did during these days, and he's gonna be amazed at what God's doing right now. These are the best days of revival this earth has ever seen. You're living in them right now, and we can be part wow. of it if we'll just get wow. on mission with God. Wow, that is really exciting. So how can people, 
um, if, I, if I'm listening to this show today and, and God's pulling in my heart, what do, I, what do I do next, John? Do I go to your website? What am I going to yeah. find there? Well, certainly if you go, you'll find a, a way to register for one of these clinics. If that's what God's called you to do is to be a leader of this within your local church, to be one of those equippers and trainers, um, certainly you can get attached to one. We have team members all across the United States that get goosebumps over helping people like you to do this within their local church. And what you're going to find like I said before, uh, in pretty much any denomination, we have staff that fit in that. Uh, you know, we're not really denominational much. We love the church. Don't get me wrong. We love every denomination. But we, you know, we don't busy ourselves with teaching denominational distinctives. Instead, we train all Christians how to witness for Jesus Christ and to see their, uh, their lives change, to see their churches change, to see their communities changed, their cities States, the world. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, th I don't know if it was you I was talking to at the FRC event or someone else, but um, I, he I heard it said that, you know, with, uh, with all the things that are happening culturally in the world today with cancel culture and the COVID mm -hmm. lockdowns and this sort of thing, that Christians in America especially are actually being more withdrawn and sharing their faith less. So these are awesome numbers, 20 million people worldwide. But can you comment on what's going on in, in the church in America? Are we winning souls more now on a one-on-one -on -one basis than we did 10 years ago or less? That study we did with LifeWay was just in the United States where, where we found 60% of, of Americans are open to a spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, I wish I could tell you that the church was meeting that need um, with, you know, with confidence and, and all that. That's sadly is still not quite happening. You talk to most people and they are, by the way, just a little clue for those watching here. How do you know something's of Satan? Well, the answer is if it divides, then it's of Satan. Mm. And if it unifies, it's of, of God. Now that's not a perfect test, but still it's something you ought to pay attention to. So this idea that, that this cancel culture idea that would bring fear into the church. Where do you suppose that comes from? Well, I can promise you it doesn't come from Christ. Mm -hmm. And and he did not give us that spirit of fear. He really did not. And and here's the thing. When you go out into the highways and byways, which I do all the time every week. When you go out into the highways and byways of America, what here's what you're going to find. The divides that they're telling you exist don't exist. Mm. That you can talk to people of every culture. If you'll be respectful and go up and just start a conversation, you're going to find that most of the people you talk to are very happy to stand there and have a gospel conversation, a spiritual conversation with you. So don't believe all those lies. You know, they, mm. they tell you that you can't go into the inner city and talk. Well, you know what? You can. And you're going to find that, that people are open and willing to chat. And the divides are just not there. The divide is something the media is trying to tell you is there to get you to, to shut up, to mm. get you to be quiet, to get you to sit back. Don't believe it. And, you know, um, we're seeing an openness today all over the world, but certainly in the United States. I'll tell you one last thing. We did it. We, we've, we've never done a clinic amongst um, he, uh uh, Israelis in Israel, in like say Jerusalem, because there's not been an openness to do it. Well, you know, uh, last year a little bit more, we did a clinic in 
in Jerusalem. And wow. we were going out on the streets of Jerusalem having gospel conversations. And I'll tell you this, there's an openness in Israel today to the gospel. The church of Jesus Christ is growing. So, you know, here's the thing. There is something the Spirit of God is doing right now. It really is true. And, and especially if you'll pray ahead of time and say, Lord, lead me. I want to go just where you want me to go. And then you go, you're, you're going to see God move and you're going to begin to see that these divides are just not there. Oh, that's amazing. You know, you're right, totally right, John. We are now so thoroughly conditioned to see people in terms of labels, right? Um, mm. Oh, you're, you're, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you're a conservative, you're of this uh, race or that race or this sexual orientation or that sexual orientation. Um, you know, the last time I checked the Bible, it, it says, whosoever will, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I can't think of anything better to, to get us out of our bunkers and back into the mission of Jesus than evangelism. Am I right or wrong yeah. on that? No, it's absolutely the truth. And, you know, um, it, God has called us. He's given us this precious thing. This It really is good news. I think mm. we've forgotten that, that the mm -hmm. gospel evangelism is the good news. We've got yeah. the greatest news. And, you know, the truth is, is that people are really very hungry and open to hearing it, if we'll share it that way. And so, yeah, we can't believe all that naysaying that, that it can't be done and shouldn't be done and all these things. Simply get on mission, go do what God's called you to do, and you're going to see God give you these divine appointments. This is what we call it in EE. And we see it so many times that these are things God is doing and we're getting to join him in it. Amen. Well, we're coming up uh, here in just a couple of minutes on our second break of the program. And if you're just tuning in, uh, my guest today is John Sorensen, the president of Evangelism Explosion. And, you know, I'm so excited to have him on because I remember getting trained in Evangelism Explosion at my church back in the early 90s and leading other people in evangelism as we went door to door and stuff like that. And uh, I just was so excited to see your ministry again at the conference we we were both at in the fall with FRC and 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 this is just such good news truth and liberty here we're, we're committed to sharing the truth with you guys but that includes um, good news because we don't get enough of it we don't hear enough about the good things that God is doing and right here you're hearing God is winning 20 million people to Jesus last year through this ministry evangelism explosion alone and if it's in your heart to make a difference, your heart to win people to Christ, but you don't know how, I can't make a stronger recommendation, but that you go on their website, evangelismexplosion.org, and check out how you can participate in their program. You get trained or maybe trained other people at your church and start a revival in your town today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? You can do it. God can use you just like he used John, a, a, a former prodigal disc jockey, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That Amen. is just awesome. Well, one more question for you before we go to the break. Let me remind the viewers, you can call in today with your questions for John or me on whatever subject it is, 719-619-2341. Uh, We'd love to hear from you.
you. John, what percentage of people um, come to Christ today through personal relationship with someone else, even if it's just someone you just met on the street, versus altar calls and mass evangelism? I've heard that, the, that most people come to Christ through one-on-one -on -one, uh, witnessing and evangelism, not through massive uh, mass evangelism. What's the truth on that? Yeah, the, the last number I saw was 75%. 75% came to Christ through a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a friend or a stranger. You know, you know, it doesn't take forever to become a friend. We can go out on mm -hmm. the street, we can meet somebody, we can talk with them, we can become a friend within 10, 15, 20 minutes. So, but that's the, bait, the, the main way, 75% three out of four are coming to Christ through a one-on-one -on -one relationship, 25% within um, you know, an altar call or within a local church. And oftentimes even that is after a conversation with yeah, a friend. That's right. Well, and, and you know, this, it's not bad uh, at all for pastors to give altar calls, and it's not bad no, for not pastors to have, like, uh, bring a friend to church Sunday sure, kind of thing, bad. evangelistic messages. But, but if you really want to win people to Christ, pastor, what you need to be doing is adding a program where you train your people so that they can overcome Amen. their fears, and they can be out there being salt and light in the culture and winning people to Christ just like Jesus commanded. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. Well, we're on our second break here. So, guys, we're going to take just a few seconds and uh, we'll be right back after this with John Sorensen from Evangelism Explosion. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Welcome back to the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris. My guest today is John Sorensen from Evangelism Explosion. If you're just tuning in, uh, we're so glad you're with us. I want to encourage you guys, if you're having trouble with our website, to jump over and watch us on one of the other channels that we, uh, where we're broadcasting, including gospeltruth.tv, our Facebook channel, or our Rumble page. Uh, our website today has experienced some technical difficulties. We're not sure the source of that. I'm sure it'll be resolved soon, but in the meantime, 
time. Don't miss out on today's show. Check us out on one of those other platforms. Well, we've got some questions coming in here, uh, John, on um, our chat feature, and I wanted to share some of those, uh, give you a chance to respond to them. Um, one of them goes like this. Um, uh, how do you respond to a person when you're sharing the gospel and they ridicule you uh, in public or in front of others? Do you have any thoughts mm. on that? Well, it's a it's a, a good question, and I'm sorry when that happens. And you know, the truth is, is that we shouldn't be a hundred percent surprised because, you know, Satan's actually against what we're doing, and yeah. pretty dramatically. And so, if you know, if he has the hold on somebody, it is possible that I remember this one time. What she wasn't ridiculing me per se, but she was ridiculing the man that I was sharing with for listening to me. Mm. And it was like she was leaning in and she was whispering in his in his ear. And I have to say, Richard, it was demonic. I mean, there wasn't any other way you could, and there was a moment, and again, I, I, I make a good Presbyterian. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. <laughs> and I said, in the name of Jesus, you're gonna be quiet because wow. this man wants to hear this truth for you. Yeah. about who. And so it's happened, you know, it certainly will happen, but that's not what I focus on. Yeah. The truth is, is that, and by the way, one of the things that we teach people is to ask for permission. We don't share the gospel with anybody that we've not asked permission. And they've said, yes, I want to hear it. If, mm. they, if they say, no, I don't want to hear it, we say, well, bless you, have a great day, I, you know. And we go on. We're looking for divine appointments. We're, and so because of that, we don't experience that as much as what, it doesn't not happen, but mostly, I mean, people, even the ones that don't want to hear it are generally pretty nice about it. It's like, no, I, I don't want to hear that. So you go on until you find the person who says, you know what, I do want to hear that. And we find that just more than we don't, to be honest with you. And so, you know, I, 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 hear, I hear the comment and I appreciate it. And I would say this, you remember when Jesus sent the 70 out and they went door to door and they basically knocked and they said, peace be upon you. And if the peace rested, then they were able to stay. But if it returned to them, then they went to the next door, right? I mean, Jesus told them to do that. And in effect, I think that's what you're, you're saying is that if the peace returns to you, the person's not interested, right? And you go to the next door and you knock and you do it again. Now, I don't know how many doors you have to knock on until you find that person. Uh, again, we call these divine appointments and I just encourage you to keep knocking. Do not let that, whatever that experience was, discourage you. What a win Satan, that would be for Satan. If he, is, he can't defeat you, you know that, but mm -hmm. he can d discourage you and, and he can uh, 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 depress you, I suppose. He can, uh, he can get you off the path that you're to be on. He can convince you that you're not built to do this. Well, that's nonsense. Who are you going to believe? Jesus told you that he would be with you always, that there's nowhere that you can go that he won't go. So he can't defeat you. He can, Satan tries to discourage you. Well, don't let him do that. Um, follow Jesus instead. Listen to his words and go be a witness as he told you you can be. Yeah, amen. So, so when you're training people in EE, do you talk to them or train them on how to handle uh, objections? For example, you're talking to someone about Christ and they say, oh, you can't believe the Bible, it's full of contradictions. Or I don't yeah. know, there's so many translations. Or they might say, oh, all paths lead to God, whatever. Do, how do you equip people to overcome those things when they're sharing the gospel? 
It's a really good question. Thank you for asking it. And this always surprises people that out of the 13 weeks in the full classic EE program, we spend one week on objections. And now, you know, that surprises people because to be honest with you, Richard, I've been doing this for 35 years. And I can name, I could probably think about in 35 years, 10 times when somebody's had an objection. That was significant. That was a real objection. Uh, in 35 years, it doesn't happen, or at least it doesn't happen at the level that people imagine it happening. The, again, we're looking for divine appointments. We're joining God in what he's doing. And, and so because of that, we don't. Now, th there are four things that we teach people how to preclude, how, to, how, to, how to, to not have objections. The first one is to pray. And I know that sounds so perhaps can to you, but it's true. Mm. Pray, ask God to lead you to the right person. Because when that happens, there are not gonna be any objections. Mm. Preclude the objection in every way you can. That's the second one. Now, what do I mean? Well, and that we teach this to you. So when we teach you to talk about God, we talk about his love before we talk about his justice. Why do we do that? Because that precludes an objection. If we go out and we just talk about God's a judge and he's going to judge you and you're a sinner and, and you know, you're on your way to hell, I can tell you what's going to happen in that conversation. So instead, we talk about the love. So all through the what we teach you to do, we're precluding many of the objections. By the way, somebody said, what's the hardest objection that you can get, you can't get over? Here it is. You ready? I don't talk to people that aren't my friends about stuff like that. Because it doesn't matter what else you have to say. If a person has said, you're not my friend, I don't talk to people who aren't my friend. So how do you preclude that? Well, you preclude that by talking to them, <laughs> by, by having a real conversation, maybe sharing something personal about your own life, which we teach you to do in your own personal testimony. Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get to that, you don't have that. Mm -hmm. Another one, we, we teach people to ask the question, can I share with you how I came to know this and how you can know it too? Wow. And once that, by the way, Richard, that question has saved my life. You know, well, my life here on earth. I mean, I'm gonna live forever with God, but by life, one time I was in India and this man I was sharing with just got madder and madder and madder and madder. And again, this doesn't happen, but it did that day. Mm -hmm. And finally this man said, you're trying to trap me. And his friends were getting quite agitated at this point. I never understood the phrase hopping mad until this moment. And they were hopping, <laughs> they were so bad. And this voice, honestly, Richard, I think it was an angel, was a guy standing against the wall over there said, wait, 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 wait. Didn't he ask you if he could share this with you? And didn't you say yes? In fact, I remember him asking you twice if it was okay for him to ask for to, to talk about this and you said yes and the air just went out of the balloon all the angst went away the man even apologized to me he said i'm so sorry he's exactly right you asked for permission and i gave you permission mm -hmm. i'm sorry i acted that way please continue and i got to share with him all about jesus but it's, we teach you again we don't go shoving anything down anybody's uh, uh a mouth. We, that doesn't help really. And yeah. so instead we teach you to have a winsome conversation with folks. And so we don't really get, now, by the way, at the end of the day, there really is only one objection. And that objection is, I don't believe the Bible. Because if they say to you, I don't believe in God, well, the Bible certainly talks about God, doesn't it? If they say, well, I don't believe in hell, well, the Bible actually talks about hell, doesn't it? Well, I don't believe in, no matter what they say spiritually, 
Um, and by the way, they've learned in the past that this shuts Christians up, and so they throw this little thing out that they learn, and then you can say, well, then what you're saying is that you, you really don't believe in the Bible, right? Do I have that fairly? Is that a, is that a fair way? Um, and by the way, I said we pray, we preclude, we promptly answer, and there are a couple of ways that we teach, and it's not that complicated to, for, to, to, to convince somebody that they ought to listen to the Bible. And then the last, if they bring up something, like if, uh, sometimes I've had somebody say, you know, well, what about the Quran? Doesn't it say, well, I really don't know. I've, I, I don't know. But I can promise to research it in return. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, so that's not that hard to do. Um, and then I go find somebody who does know, and then I go back and I tell the person, you know, here's what yeah. I found out. You know, I said I'd do it, and I do. Um, it's not that hard to. In fact, at Brookstone Church, we don't teach a class on objections, and um, because we, that you just don't get them if you're witnessing. Uh, in a way that precludes objections. Mm, wow, that's encouraging too. Well, so people go through the training at EE, they, they go through your program, um, and, and if they completed, uh, I'm just curious, like, um, what does that do for them in their walk and in their journey with the Lord? Do they become, you know, soul winners for life? Is it that impactful for them? And how does it change their, their fruitfulness? Well, that's why we do it, Richard, is because we believe that that is going to happen in people. We want to create way of life witnesses, people that go through the rest of their life. Richard, I can promise you that, there, that, it, that today, if you have a conversation with somebody, that's something you learned in EE will come out of your mouth, mm. either a scripture that you learned or those questions that you learned to ask. There, there are things that this will prepare you for the rest of your life to have conversation. Now, if we were totally transparent with you, you, we actually have another plan for your life. <laughs> that is that not only would you become a witness, but you'd become a trainer of others to do that as well. You know, I had a young man come up to me the other day. He said, John, uh, at church, he said, I went on a, a, a mission trip this last summer and, and I was in this place and I was trying to witness and I was doing a And all these pastors kept coming to me and saying, how do you know how to do that? And he said, so I decided just to have one of y'all's clinics. I said, I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before in my life. I spent the week training these pastors how to witness for Jesus. Is that okay? He said, <laughs> I said, is that okay? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. That's gold. That's the best that there is. So if we can teach people to become a, a trainer of others, and you know what? That's the most exciting thing that we get. When we, when we start to have spiritual grandchildren and spiritual great-grandchildren, mm. that's actually one of the most exciting things. I have a, a letter on my desk that I just got uh, yesterday, the day before, from my very first trainee I ever had in Evangelism Explosion. Wow. And every year she, she sends me a letter about her and her husband and who they've led to Jesus this last year. So oh I can't gosh. wait to go read the letter. And that for all these years, she's been sending me this. And to see that happen, and I'm just, remember I told you I was that guy that snuck in the back of the church and hid on the back row and hoped no one would even notice it. And now I'm getting the, the privilege of equipping and training people that witness their whole life. You and know, I promise I, you, it's not because of me. I work here at, at uh, Andrew Womack Ministries and I, I have the privilege of getting to talk with Andrew sometimes. And, and, and of course I see him minister a lot and he says similar things, John. He, he, he said, I've heard him say that, um, 
you know, his ministry is, is really built around, I can't give you chapter and verse, but I think it's 1 Timothy 2.8 or somewhere in there where Paul says, the things which thou hast heard of me, commit thou to faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. And 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Uh, I could probably right. have that tattooed somewhere because that's one of my life verses, that very verse, because there's four generations right in that verse of multiplication. There's uh -huh. Paul, there's Timothy, there's these faithful men who then train others. And it's this process of equipping and training. And for me, Richard, the thing is, while that is wonderful that we're obeying God, the difference that this does in the lives of the people that participate for me is the greatest joy. Mm -hmm. When I get to see pastors like the Paul who's teaching the Timothy, it's one of the sweetest things to see. When yeah. I get to see the Timothy train faithful people, these are often deacons and lay leaders and whatever within the church. I could sh share with you, if I, if I had right next to me a guy named Matt Buchanan, he came to the first, the first training we did at Brookstone Church. He came in that door and he said, this isn't really for me. I only came because my wife made me. And, <laughs> and you know, uh, I'm going to escape as quickly as I can. And, and this is just not me. I, this is not, you know what, not only is it him, he's become one of our very best trainers at Brookstone Church. This has become his life ministry. Wow. And so to see that kind of thing happen, and then to see all these folks, these 700 that are now witnessing and sharing Jesus with their friends and neighbors and, and loved ones and strangers, sure. But, you know, to me, that's so exciting that we can be part of each one of those generations that, we, that you're talking about in 2 Timothy 2.2. Well, and and th I love know, that. that it, it brings us back, to, I think, to something we kind of touched on earlier. We, we, you know, I think in the body of Christ today, we're in many places and ways, we're following an unscriptural model in how mm. we do church in that we think it's the pastor's job. We think mm. the pastor wins the lost and to get somebody saved, I have to bring them to church. You know, it's the pastor's job to, to do this, to do that. And we've, we've turned it into a spectator sport when it, mm. it was never intended to be that. You know, if you, if you read the gospels through, they kind of have phases to it, right? Jesus is like, okay, guys, watch me. And he does it. And, <laughs> and, and then now he you says, do it. okay, now you go do it. I'm going to watch you and then come back and okay, now I'm out of here. It's on you, but I'll be with you, you know, and, and it's exactly it's, that Richard. It's always been exactly that. his intent that, that we do this. And that's the amazing thing about what you're telling me today and why I'm so thrilled to have you on the show, because to hear of the great fruit that your program has had over these years and that it's still alive and still winning the lost is just uh, to me, super, super exciting. So how can people out there find a, an EE program near them? If they mm. want to go and get trained, where can they go? Well, certainly get on that website, evangelismexplosion.org, and connect with us. And we'll get one of our team uh, all across America in contact with you, and then we'll start helping you, whether we do a, a lot of times it'll start with a Share Your Faith workshop that we'll do, and we do hundreds of these across America every year, and maybe it's one of those where we just come out and begin to launch it, get some folks that, that are excited about it. It's a six-hour workshop on a Saturday. We do go out, and we witness, and, and people come to Christ, and it's fun to see, and, and then from that, we'll help you build a program for your church where you can begin to equip and train your folks to be to be competent witnesses for Christ in these days. 
Well, let's say, let's say, John, that I'm a pastor and man, I am busy up to my eyeballs. Mm. I've got more to do than I can do. The last thing I need to do is take on another class to teach on Sunday mornings or whatever. Uh, what's your encouragement to the pastors <laughs> out there who they want their church to win the loss, but they don't have the time or bandwidth to do it? Yeah. Well, and, and it is that. So I'm going to answer that in a little strange way. I'm going to say we forget many times the impact of unfruit, the, the result that that has on the church, and not only on the church, but also on pastors. Uh, I was at a, a pastor's conference out in Los Angeles. It was being held at uh, uh, Ken Ulmer's church. You know, he, he bought the, like, the forum so they could get everybody into church and whatnot. And, uh, but this was a pastor's conference on a Saturday. I, th I want to say there were about 3,000 pastors there or something like that. But it was your typical conference where they pack in too many speakers in the morning. I, I, there were nine speakers. I was the ninth speaker right before lunch. They came to me and they said, you know, John, you got five minutes. I was supposed to have 45 minutes. Mm. You have five minutes. I was like, oh, man, I can't do anything in five minutes that would make any difference. And so I got up on stage. I said, you're all pastors. Get one of you guys come up here. And this big guy came up on the stage and I, I said, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions uh, in the few minutes that I have. When you became a pastor, was leading people to Jesus somewhere in your paradigm of why you wanted to become a pastor? And of course, he said, yes, of course. How long have you been a pastor? 20 years. I said, is it what you thought? Mm -hmm. Richard, I'm not joking. Without blinking, he just began to weep. Aww. And he was so defeated. And I said, I am so sorry. Uh, if you think that I'm trying to be critical of you, I am so sorry. <laughs> that is not what we want to be like at all. He said, in fact, the only reason we exist in EE is to help you to do the job that God's called you to do. And in fact, Praise here's God. what we'd like you to feel like. I went to give him a big hug and he literally lifts me off the floor. He's hugging me so much, my feet are dangling. I'm like, yeah, bring it up. Well, okay, so then I said, well, that's why the only reason we're here. Let me pray for lunch. I prayed for lunch. I went and sat on my seat in the front row. And I, it didn't dawn on me until a few minutes later, I saw his feet, right? I was looking down at the floor. I saw his feet standing there. And then I looked up, and here's this pastor, and he motions for me to look around the room. And Richard, what I didn't hear, it didn't dawn on me until this moment, I didn't hear the sound of what 3,000 people sound, sound like when they're getting up to go out and have lunch. It was quiet. And he motions, I look around, and every one of those pastors was still in their seat. Wow. And he said, we don't actually need to eat lunch. He said, we need to hear what you're going to do to help us do our jobs. Wow. And they, they ended up bringing the Chick-fil-A, which is God's sandwich, right? They ended up bringing that in and passing it up and down, and they all got to eat. But I got my 45 minutes. In fact, I got an hour, and, and we were able to help those pastors. And to this day, these pastors are, are training and equipping their people and, you know, I meet them as I go That's out amazing. to L.A. And, 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 and they come up and say, that day changed my life. It, you know what? It is such a joy. Pastor, you know, if, please, if I had one chance to convince you, it is such a joy to see others within your congregation leading others to Jesus. Please mm -hmm. don't you believe the lie that it's only on you. You know, yeah. and as you will train and equip them, they'll go, and then they're going to turn around and call you blessed that you're the one that ever taught them how to do that thing, which has so changed their life. So do it. Well, I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier Second Timothy two two. Uh, Andrew relies on that scripture, but the other thing I've heard him say, brother, is. Um, you know, uh, that his greatest joy anymore is not 
him laying hands on the sick or him bringing people to Christ, but is to see people that he has trained or ministered to doing it because that means that uh, he's multiplied in effectiveness, that the kingdom is growing at a much greater rate than it ever could just through his Amen. efforts. And that goes all the way back to the example Jesus gave us. Discipleship is a multiplication exponential process. It's not meant to be Amen. this um, one guy at the front who, who wins everybody and does all the work. And, and, and I think that I could probably prove this mathematically, but if we rely on the mass evangelism model, I don't think mathematically we could ever win the world because I think no. the world's population is growing at a rate that is much faster than our ability to ever win it with that strategy. It's got Richard, to be the winning people who win people approach. First person to ever say those words to me was a guy by the name of Billy Graham. When I asked him, I had a chance. Wow, I, had the privilege, I, I had the privilege of, of, of getting to, to meet him and to sit with him for uh, a few minutes. And I said, Dr. Graham, he actually wrote the foreword to the book Evangelism Explosion. Billy Graham mm. did. And, um, and I asked him, I said, why'd you do that? You know what? what and he's, he's I, I can't even imitate the way that he spoke. But uh, he said, John, he said, no, I love EE and I love what you all do because of, and he said the reason you just said. He said, if I were the only one witnessing, he said, even if I could fill a stadium with 100,000 people, and I did that every night and led 100,000 people to Christ every single night of my life. He said, the day that I'm done, I would be further behind than the day that I started Boy. because of this whole population explosion idea. And, and he said, so it's got to come down to multiplication. It's got to come down to the, to the lay person. And it's why, by the way, Billy Graham, uh, evan the, the Evangelism Association spent so much time equipping people, not mm -hmm. just the crusade, but they used it as an opportunity to equip and train people to witness. And uh, I think that's what we're, by the way, the first time we see this is in the book of Acts, uh, chapter eight, verse one. This is right after Stephen is, is stoned. And all, it says all except, there was a great persecution that broke out, all except the apostles were scattered. Mm. The apostles stayed in Jerusalem. Everyone else went. And then we find out in verse four, it said, and those that were scattered, those that went, went about evangelizing is what it says, uh, preaching the word. And so, and that's when we begin, and by the way, if, you, if you're a study of, of God's Word, you're going to notice that's the moment it shifts from addition that had been happening up to then in the church to multiplication that started happening, and then they began to multiply exceedingly. And it went so far as to say by the time the year 300 came around, and you, you guys remember, this was not in the simple times that this was happening. People were being wildly persecuted for their faith, right? And it was in that, those days, in that backdrop, as these lay people went about witnessing just as their course of life, as they were going through life, uh, they were sharing about Jesus, and the church multiplied so much that by the time 300 A.D. came around, 65% of the known world was, was born again Christian, 65%. Man, and then the worst awesome. thing that on earth that could ever happen happened. Are you ready? Uh, these edicts of toleration came about, and the Christian church became legal, and, and in fact, it became synonymous with being Roman. To be Roman was to be Christian. To be Christian was to be Roman. You had all these people streaming into the church. They weren't saved. They couldn't share the gospel with anybody else, and it became the job of the clergy to be the witness. Right. That's when that started. And as Dr. Kennedy said many times, uh, that's when the dark ages came in, and we've been living in that pretty much since, with a few moments of bright light, 
But still, we've been living in this, this strange world. If every Christian, here's the truth, there are a billion evangelical Christians on earth today. If you're listening and you're a born again believer, you're one of a billion on earth today. And if we all could witness for Jesus Christ, if we all would, if we would pray for, if we would do what Spurgeon said, he said, maybe somebody will go to hell from my community, but not unprayed for, not unshared with, and not without feeling my arms wrapped around their legs, begging them not to go. If mm. that's what you did the rest of your life, prayed for the lost, witnessed to everyone that God allowed you to do, and then wrapped your arms around some and begged them not to go, you know what? God would change this world and it wow. would be almost instant. Yeah, man, that's a powerful, powerful vision. Um, well, John, I, I don't want the show to end. Uh, I don't want the show to end, period. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't want it to end without um, uh, letting folks know that you do have a book that's out and available. Um, I believe it's called Your Story Counts, Sharing mm. the Most Important Story of Your Life. What is this book about and how can people get a copy of it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's absolutely free. You know, it, you can have that book. All you have to do is contact us at Evangelism Explosion. Um, I, I wish I could tell you the exact link as to where you'd find it on the website. But Your Story Counts is, again, like that website I mentioned, it's examples of great testimonies and it's some instruction how you can develop a personal testimony that you'll be able to share with your friends and with your family and with your loved ones, with your neighbors, and yes, with strangers that you meet as you go through life. But, but we believe that if you could share your story, that then God's going to begin to open some doors of others who say, you know what, I'd like to know more about that. And, and yeah, that's awesome. And you've also got a radio show called Share Life Today. And where can people catch that program? Well, yeah, if you go to sharelife.today, uh, so sharelife.today, there's a listing of all the stations that are there. And by the way, if you have a Christian radio station that you listen to that's not on that list, uh, either let us know and we'll contact them, or better yet, you contact them and say, you ought to put Share Life Today on there, and we can help you to, to do that. Um, it's something that, that we play, and all it is is tips and tools for regular, ordinary Christians like you and me to take a step of faith and to try to, to share with somebody today Praise and God. maybe maybe you go into a restaurant and we you, we can offer to pray for the, the the person who's waiting on you or maybe there's all kinds of examples tips tools that we'll put up there to encourage you to share your faith today well so with with under three minutes left I want to go to a caller who's on the line uh, and give you a chance to respond to his question I want to go to Frank from Missouri Frank thank you so for holding for so terribly long and for your, what's your question for John Sorensen, brother? You need to be yeah, quick so about praise it. Praise the Lord, man. You know, the mm -hmm. irony of me being in Sunday school yesterday and talking about evangelism explosion after the <laughs> class said, yeah, and I'm, I'm telling them, this is a little bit of history here, that, uh, that Karl Barth, who was one of the greatest theologians uh, since mm -hmm. Luther, uh, they when Hitler found out about his existence of God theology, Hitler kicked him out of the uh, government and then kicked him out of the country, and he came to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and mm. he uh, influenced Dr. D. James Kennedy with the existence of God theology, and Dr. D. James Kennedy wrote that evangelism, the existence of God, the character of God, and the 
the diagnostic evangelistic question. I, I do have a question, so I, and I know we got two minutes. Uh, you got you got about one minute now. <laughs> yeah, okay, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The question, the, you know, how do you uh, minister to uh, people that uh, are liturgical or liturgical churches that they believe that eternal life is after after you die? Yeah. Well, no, it's a good question. And, you know, what I've learned to do, and I, I'm sure this isn't a perfect answer, but it is to respect uh, the, the different denominations. And what I've learned about the litur liturgical uh, groups, Lutheran would be an example, I suppose, but they have this, this love of beauty, of, of the historical beauty of God. And so learn to talk in the way that they listen. You know, at the end of the day, it isn't about me. It's about sharing the gospel in a way that's winsome, that they can receive. And so uh, I talk about the beauty of God and I talk about the historical context. I use those kinds of stories. That's why your story, by the way, God's given you hundreds of stories, uh, if you'll only think about it. And, and so, but again, I start with positive comments. I don't start with negative. And you'll never hear me tear down the church of Jesus Christ in any way, shape, or form. I've really learned to love her. Mm. And so that would be what my first comment I'd That's give you too, is to find something positive and build on that. And you're going to find that they'll be receptive. That's awesome. Thank you, Frank, for your question. John, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a huge blessing to me personally, and I'm sure to all of our listeners. So we pray the best for you and your family mm -hmm. and Evangelism Explosion. Hope to see you again soon. Guys, be sure to tune in to tomorrow's Truth and Liberty show. Uh, it's going to be an awesome one with Alex McFarland you won't want to miss. God bless you all. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.